0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Elihu concludes his speech by magnifying God's work throughout all nature. What can we say before one so wonderful and majestic? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Job chapter 36 on Simply the Bible.
0: Logical arguments can only go so far in convincing a person, because at some point we need to have an illustration. Elihu sought to convince Job that he was in the wrong and seeking to justify himself at God's expense. Now, having made this point, Elihu turns to magnifying God in his wonder, his power, and his majesty. It is true that the higher opinion we have of God, the more we see God as he truly is, the more we see ourselves as we truly are. We continue in Job 36, verse 24, remember to magnify his work of which men have sung. Everyone has seen it. Man looks on it from afar. Behold, God is great, and we do not know him, nor can the number of his years be discovered. So Elihu says, okay, Joe, magnify God, magnify his work. You know, I love Psalm 100 that says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations i find that one of the greatest things i can do especially when i'm overwhelmed with this world or my problems or other things is just to get my eyes on god and begin to thank him and praise him and get my head around how great he is and then my problems become so much less and i think this was what he was saying to job job Magnify the Lord. Now, the fact is we observe God from afar. We only know about God because of what he has revealed to us through creation and through his word. But we don't really know him like we would like to know him. We don't really understand why he does what he does. And when it comes to the concept of eternity, the number of his years, who in the world can understand that God has always been and always will be? For he draws up drops of water, which distill as rain from the mist, which the clouds drop down and pour abundantly on man. Indeed, can anyone understand the spreading of clouds, the thunder from his canopy? Look, he scatters his light upon it and covers the depths of the sea. For by these he judges the peoples. He gives food in abundance. He covers his hands with lightning and commands it to strike, his thunder declares it, the cattle also concerning the rising storm. So Elihu looks at the weather and how God controls the various elements to just show his amazing majesty. And isn't it strange just how clouds work, the fact that In mist is contained all of this water, and like we have seen here recently, when it starts raining and it rains and rains and rains, it's like, where does that all come from? How does that all store up in the atmosphere? And yet, that's what God does, and he uses rain, either in withholding it, if people have done wrong and he is judging a land and giving them drought, or in giving them the rain uh, to bless them. So that they have their crops. At this also, my heart trembles and leaps from its place. Now, he's talking here about the lightning coming, and then that makes his heart tremble and and leap from its place. I I think of that scene from The Sound of Music when, you know, the the lightning and thunderstorm comes and they all get scared and they all jump in uh, to the bed with, you know, Maria. Uh, That's what I think. That's sort of. The natural thing, when you see the lightning, suddenly you hear the thunder and you wonder, oh my, is it going to hit me next, you know? So he said, hear attentively the thunder of his voice and the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He sends it forth under the whole heaven, his lightning to the ends of the earth. After it, a voice roars. He thunders with his majestic voice and he does not restrain them when his voice is heard. God thunders marvelously with his voice. He does great things which we cannot comprehend. And, you know, when the children of Israel were gathered around Mount Sinai and they saw just the thunderings and the, the fire up on the mountain and then heard his voice, they were just like, whoa, wow, that is that is heavy. And and so the thunder is sort of like that as well. Now, these are all these things that we cannot comprehend. He does great things. God does great things, but we cannot comprehend comprehend them nor why he is doing what he is doing. And we got to be careful in not wrongfully imputing motives to God. And this is what Job was doing. He was darkening God's counsel with words without knowledge. And we can do the same thing because we don't know why God does what he does, what his eternal plan or purposes uh, are in many people's lives. And if we start thinking that we do, we're going to be self-deceived because his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. For he says to the snow, fall on the earth, likewise to the gentle rain and the heavy rain of his strength. He seals the hand of every man that all men may know his work. The beasts go into dens. And remain in their lairs. They, they get it. They're, they understand that. The, you know, like the bear that hibernates in the winter. Uh, understands that this is uh, his purpose. <laughs> from the chamber of the south comes the whirlwind. And cold from the scattering winds of the north. By the breath of God, ice is given. And the broad waters are frozen. It's amazing to me. As you watch the weather, suddenly there's a cold front. And, you know, where does it come from? Suddenly the temperatures drop. And yet this is all part of how God works the weather. Also with moisture, he saturates the thick clouds. He scatters his bright clouds and they swirl about being turned by his guidance that they may do whatever he commands them on the face of the whole earth. Just the wonder of how clouds work, if you've ever just, you know, lie down in the grass in the park and just watch the clouds and try to figure out the cloud formations and and how they move and how they form these great billows and so forth. But God is commanding them. He's guiding them according to his plan. He causes it to come, whether for correction or for his land, or for mercy, speaking of the rain coming down. Listen to this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Do you know when God dispatches them and causes the light of his cloud to shine? Do you know how the clouds are balanced? Those wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge. Why are your garments hot when he quiets the earth by the south wind? So this you know, warm, probably hot, sort of desert wind that would come in. With him, have you spread out the skies strong as a cast metal mirror? So just who do you think you are, Job? Were you with him when he spread out the skies? Now, God himself will take up a similar argument with Job a little bit later on, and he will say, where were you, Job, when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Do you know all about it? You know, teach us what we should say to him. For we can prepare nothing because of the darkness. Now, all along, Job has been talking about, oh, I want to go to court. I'm going to lay out my case. I'll prove to God that I'm righteous and I will be vindicated. And, you know, and he's saying, look, are you serious? Really teach us what we should say to God. What can we say to someone as great as he? Should, should he be told that I wish to speak? a man were to speak, surely he would be swallowed up. What can you say before God? How are you going to make your defense? You know, I think sometimes people get so arrogant. They say, well, you know, if I'm going to stand before God, I'd give him a piece of my mind. I'd show him what I think, you know. Oh, yeah, right. Anytime God shows up, people are just sniffing carpet. That's all they can do. And this is... Elihu's point. You think you're going to meet with God, what are you going to say? And sure enough, uh, you know, Job, when he does finally meet with God, is going to be speechless. Even now, men cannot look at the light when it is bright in the skies, when the wind has passed and cleared them. He comes from the north as golden splendor. With God is awesome majesty. As for the Almighty, we cannot find him. He's excellent in power and judgment and abundant justice. He does not oppress, therefore men fear him. He shows no partiality to any who are wise in heart. So Elihu magnifying here the Lord in his power, in his justice, but also his compassion. And the more we come to know him in his attributes, the more we are inclined to worship him. Elihu wanted to lift Job's eyes off of himself and onto God. He wanted Job to see how great God is in his glory, in the creation that he has made. And I think that that is just such a wonderful thing, just to be able to look up into this Stars and the sky, and to know how grand the universe is, how vast it is. And you see all of these things that God has made, and you realize how puny we are, how small this little earth is in comparison with the vast, you know thousands of light years across uh, the Milky Way galaxy is, you know, and then we're just one of billions of galaxies and you realize, oh my goodness, I'm nothing in comparison to such a mighty God. And of course, the scripture does say that he remembers our frame. He knows that we are but dust. We're made of dust and yet he's breathed in us the breath of life. But who are we that he should even take any notice of us? And, And this is Elihu's Point. It's like, Job, you're, you're way too self-absorbed here. You're so focused on your own suffering, but you do not see how great God is and who you are in comparison to him. And of course, this is exactly what's going to happen to Job. When God does show up in all of his wonder and his power and his majesty, Job will say, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And, you know, that is truly what happens when someone sees God for who he is. And and this is why I think when we see people that are just living for themselves or they're hurting other people or they just think that they're all that, you know, the thing is, is that we want to maybe try to set them straight. And this is what Job's friends tried to do, and it didn't work at all. Uh, But what is the better thing is that they should really have a true vision of God. Because if God reveals himself to them, then like Job, they'll just say, you know, I thought I was all that, but really, I'm nothing compared to you, God. (laughs) And so, and that's the reality. When we then see ourselves We see our faults. We see everything about ourselves. God doesn't do that to condemn us. He does it to convict us, to refine us, uh, to make us more like himself. And, And that's certainly what he would do through all of these sufferings that Job was going through. He'd shake things up in Job's life to show him what was inside that wasn't quite right, but he did it in order to ultimately bless Job abundantly. And he'll do the same thing for you and for me if we will just humble ourselves before him and magnify the Lord.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where God finally speaks from the whirlwind, rebuking Job for darkening counsel with words without knowledge. Then he asks him many questions for which we still have no answer. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Job on Simply the Bible.